Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Is there any amount of information you can give us? Like, Not you know, our life. <laughs> <laughs> you had to sign an NDA or something like that. They, they they swore you to secrecy back in the FS1 studios. No comment. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Let me hit retweet on this button real quick. Make sure y'all rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. You all right, man? Chilling? You back in uh, LA? Yeah. Mad we couldn't link up, man. Yeah, well, you so Hollywood, it's hard to get on your schedule sometimes, you know? Well, I told you the spot I was at, and you were saying it was too bougie for you to pull up. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> it was. That, that was the truth, really. I mean, at that, that part of the night, I was like, all right. You know, I could either go here. I had to work that day, too. You talking about we had Monarch Bar. That was a lot. I've I never been there before, though, so I didn't know what to expect. What'd you think? It was pretty cool. I liked it. I thought it was a good vibe. You you couldn't even name what was in your drink though. It had all type of different. Uh, uh yeah, not really. I'm not gonna lie to you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it cracking. Maybe 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 in Arizona potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Cheese Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Aaron Ladd here in KC. Mark Gunnels is out in LA. Steven Sturdo behind the board for episode 39. Um, obviously a different looking week around the league in general. We'll, we'll start there and then recap the Chiefs win over the Broncos and then see what they have to do in the, the series finale, or excuse me, the regular season finale against the Raiders in week 18 before heading down to Vegas. But it just, I mean, it just, nothing feels right right now, man. I, I mean, we were texting the group before, kind of coming on, deciding to do a show, everybody in the NFL world kind of feeling the same feelings right now in, in relations to uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' safety, and what happened in primetime on Monday night. Just want to start with sending prayers, thoughts, good vibes, whatever it is you believe in, whatever whatever you think the higher power is, we're sending all that good energy to DeMar Hamlin and his family and all the hardworking people at that hospital, man, because it just is a tough sight Monday night. And um, it, it – I couldn't believe what we were watching, to be honest with you, Mark. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen anything like that before, right? Um, and you could tell, like, when it was going on. Because normally you can tell when it's like a, a major injury and, you, you know, get the stretcher out. Normally the guy puts the thumb up. You can kind of get a vibe. But this one felt different even before we knew the CPR and stuff was happening. Because you could see the players' reactions. Like, you know, like, I never seen anything like that before. They were shooting them off. Guys were, were literally in tears. You know, right? So you you felt that this was different, and they kept going to commercial breaks. It was like, okay, this is it's not just your normal, you know, injury, right? And um, you know, shout out to people that got on it real quick, you know, because this is an unprecedented thing. Um, you know, you have to bring the guy back to life, essentially, right? I mean, like, yeah. shout out to, to them, man, the hardworking people there at the stadium at Paycor Stadium, like you said, the people at the hospital in Cincinnati. Uh, obviously praying for the Hamlin family, him, his friends, teammates, everybody in the NFL, just anybody as a human being. You know, this is just beyond football. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely tough to watch for sure. A lot of reporting on this has come out since, but I'll just try and keep it bare bones and kind of how we're reacting uh, through this Hamlin situation and, and, and all the events of, of Monday Night Football. kind of came out in the aftermath that, 
the players and the coaches were the ones that kind of stood up and said, you know, we're not fit to play. Um, obviously, physically, Hamlin, it would, all physically and mentally, basically, it, it, the players kind of come forward. The coaches come forward. We heard from Zach Taylor today uh, about words and, and the conversation that he had with Sean McDermott kind of there right after and the aftermath and, and no one being fit to play. And um, it was cool to see and it has still been cool to see the brotherhood kind of come together not only between the Bills and the Bengals, the two teams there on Monday night, but the the entire NFL community. Uh, you saw the pages change and support of, of three and his fight. Um, but I think, and, you know, there's been a lot of thoughts. There's been a lot of tweets and everybody's got an opinion. This is one of those stories where, where there really isn't a, a right way to do one thing or another because there is no blueprint for this. Um, I thought the the players themselves – um, coming around each other and saying, hey, you know, this game is just not going to happen tonight. I, I think that that spoke volumes to me, Mark. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't know how that could continue after seeing that, right? I mean, and the thing is, it was like a normal hit. Like, it wasn't like uh, a legal yeah. hit or anything or something very malicious where you could tell, like, it was targeting or anything like that. It was your your standard NFL tackle from the way it looked, right? So that makes it even scarier, right? Because now it's like, you definitely don't want to go back out there after that. And, you know, the emotions that was pouring down uh, from the players, the fans and the stands. I mean, shout out to the fans too, man. How many times have we seen situations where they get a little antsy, you hear some booze or something insensitive yeah. like that. You they knew, get- man. They, they, they could tell. They could tell. Yeah. You could sense the emotion. It, this was completely yeah. different, man. Yeah, 100%. And this was a big game. I mean, the, the build-up to this game was arguably yeah. the game of the year. Monday Night Football, it wasn't like this was a stand uh, game on Sunday, like a Lions-Rams game. Nobody's watching. The whole world was watching this game. So d- just all of that factored into this, man. It, it just made it just unbelievable that, it, you know, just to watch that. And, you know, I don't – we don't know people are talking about will they continue the game, will they play it or not. Who knows what the NFL is going to do. I think at the end of the day, you're going to put it into the players and the team's hands, see what they want to do. But obviously the main thing right now is is Hamlin and how he recovers. Yeah, let's get into that part of it in a second, because obviously this game does have implications and it impacts here us here at Arrowhead Pride and, and Kansas City Chiefs Kingdom. Still sticking with DeMar Hamlin and, and kind of the players' reaction to that. First media availability for the Chiefs was today, and obviously this was the Biggest topic of conversation, biggest story in the sports world. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes, who kind of has this big face in the sport and, and kind of gave his um, digestion and still trying to cope with with what happened on Monday night. Hard to say. Um, we're we're going to be the first game back, um, and so it's hard to say. I mean, you know, there's a job that you have to do. Um, you put all this work in for months uh, to try to go out there and play your best football. Um, but when you get on that field, I'm sure it'll be a, a little bit of a weird feeling because uh, it was such a scary incident um, that was terrifying. Uh, that I think everybody saw. Um, and so um, we will see when we get out there. But uh, I, I know our guys will just get out there and hopefully when we get to play in the game again. It can be fun and everybody can enjoy it um, like uh, we have uh, our whole lives. That was Mahomes kind of talking about KC being the first taste of NFL action since the postponement. Chiefs and Raiders are Saturday at 3.30 Central. We'll preview that later in the pod. But obviously players still kind of wearing this uh, not even a few days later, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's still fresh, right? I mean, it just happened, what, 48 hours ago. Obviously, like Mahomes said, they're going to be the first game back since that incident. So it's going to be a lot of eyes on that game, especially with uh, it being a standalone game on Saturday. So you know, it's, it's fair to understand it's going to be a lot of emotions from the players and maybe a little hesitancy, right? Uh, you know, it's a very violent game. You know, we hear it all the time, you know, how guys are laying their bodies on the line. And I think maybe fans didn't fully grasp that aspect until, hmm. unfortunately, now, right? Because we've never seen it to this extent, uh, this serious of a situation before where somebody is, is fighting for their life as we speak. So, you know, I I think uh, it's unfortunate that it, it had to happen this way for maybe fans to realize how impactful, how physical this game is. But maybe now you you won't hear people out there, you know, ripping these guys for taking as much money as they can. Right. Because yeah. all 
all you see it all the time like oh he's selfish he did it for the money and things of that nature well you see why because these type of things can happen your career can end at any second any play so you want that financial stability not only for you but for your generations beyond you right so you know i like I said, it's unfortunate that it maybe it had to come down to this happening, but I think now maybe fans may realize that these guys aren't being selfish. They're looking out for not only them, but their families for generations to come. Because it's a very, very violent game. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a couple players and, and one here for the Chiefs, Marquez Valdez, Cantley, kind of using this as an opportunity to speak a little bit more on that. I'll start with Ryan Clark, who I thought did a phenomenal job on ESPN when they were kind of in that limbo of not knowing if the game was going to continue, what was going to happen. They're filling time. I remember tweeting Booger was doing a great job, but really kudos to everybody involved in, in ESPN's coverage. I thought it was really well done. There is no playbook for this type of thing. There is no, no network can be prepared for something like this. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Adam Schefter, uh, Ryan Clark, SVP, all of them. I mean, they're treading on in uncharted territories. RC tweeted this. We use all the cliches, going to war, willing to die, give it all. That's all talk. It's a game. You never suit up and think you're not going to make it home. I can't imagine what he and the Bills are going through. Please pray for DeMar and his family. I mentioned MVS, and he also took to Twitter in the aftermath. And then we're going to hear from him in the availability on Wednesday. He says, man, I hope he's okay, talking about DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we risk our lives daily for this game, and y'all take that shit for granted. Send as many prayers for him, Lord, protect him. And I, I think what we're going to hear from MVS in this is kind of that mental part, mental health aspect of it and, and players, you know, wanting to be seen as not just players, because obviously that's a big part of what they do and, um, you know, how they earn their living, but it's not who they are. And MVS kind of gives voice to that here. It happens nearly enough. I think they see us as a, uh as numbers on the jersey playing for a football team, you know, their, their favorite team. And, you know, I respect that as, you know, as a fan, um, but we are people too. And I think that that gets lost um, in translation quite a bit um, because they forget that we're human beings with feelings and families and, and friends and emotions. And um, we're not just a number on the back of the jersey or chiefs on the front of the jersey. Mark, this was an extremely traumatic event, not just for fans, but for everyone around the NFL world. How do you think this impacts Kansas City entering week 18? Um, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, they're going to be the first game since the incident happened. So obviously it's going to be a lot of eyes on it. Like I said, a lot of emotions, uh, even like for players and fans. I mean, like just seeing the first contacts of in that game, it's going to be maybe a little cringeworthy, right? You know, you see a guy on the ground for a couple of seconds. You may just be like, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's unprecedented, uncharted territory. We've never been here before. So it's kind of really hard to say how it's going to impact Kansas City in this game. Uh, I think maybe after a first couple of series or two, then maybe you kind of get back into the rhythm of, OK, we're playing the game that we grew up in love in our whole life. We, we understand the risk that comes with it, but we've been doing this for 20, 20 plus years, 10 plus years, however long you've been playing this football game. So yeah. I, I think uh, at first, though, it's going to be a little awkward, the first couple of series for sure. Our thoughts, prayers, all those good vibes continue to be with DeMar Hamlin, who I believe is still in critical condition as of the most recent update. But we do have to talk logistics here, Mark, a little bit, because as you mentioned, this game, an extremely important game for the AFC playoff picture. I think just point blank, the very easy question is to say, do you think this game gets played at any point or is is it more likely the league rules at a no contest? And then we'll kind of say we'll kind of talk through how that impacts Kansas City. I think it's more likely they rule a no contest um, because I think the only other solution would be to push the playoffs back a week and you don't have that two weeks off before the Super Bowl. So you eliminate the Pro Bowl. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we know how the NFL works, man. They like to stay on schedule as much as possible. Uh, obviously, with COVID a couple of years ago, they had to switch things around. But there were still no games that uh, got canceled. But I think this is a unique situation because it's so close to the playoffs. It, like, the playoffs start next week. So yeah. it's going to be really hard to, to get this game in. And then, obviously, you're going to have the – the argument of everybody having a potential buy, push the playoffs backs. And now what about the competitive advantage? Cause teams have been playing all year to get that buy, like the Eagles, obviously the three teams in the AFC 
And now if you give everybody a buy, you push the playoffs back, everybody gets healthy. You don't have that competitive advantage anymore. Now, obviously, it's unfair because you don't get to finish this game, but I don't see no other resolution. I, I really don't. If they didn't finish it that night, I, I don't see how you can squeeze it in to where it makes sense for everybody involved. It's, it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate, but I don't see no other solution. Yeah, uh, to me, this is this is a no contest, and and there really is no clean way to do it. And I think when we talk about mental health and NFL tries to to do this talk with mental health and caring about athletes, this is one of those main situations where you have to walk the walk. Are you going to run this game back in Cincinnati where this traumatic event just happened and have these players play not even a couple days later on the same field? Or are you going to have Buffalo try and play it the week after week 18 and, and cram that in and have them play three games in, in seven days or whatever it ends up being? There's no clean way to do it. It should be ruled a no contest. And it, it to me, it, it's there is no fair way to do it. If you want to talk about fairness in this, ask DeMar Hamlin about fairness. Ask some of these Bills players how they feel about fairness. It's just, just an un, this is an unprecedented situation that really has no that really has no no way of doing it. I've seen C dot kind of C dot's one of the guys here locally that I follow a lot, and he had an idea of you know making that a standalone game in prime time next week and pushing back the rest of the schedule. But we're at that kind of nut crunch time in the schedule where there's not much breathing room, Mark. You know that the the end game for the NFL is has been scheduled out for years and years to come now. And maybe if this was a week eight or week nine type scenario, that we could see some of that COVID flexibility, but. Right now, to me, um, the clearest way to, to kind of go through this end game here is just say no contest and, and and see if the Bills are fit to play their next game, man. I, I mean, really, because they they should be at the forefront of whatever the league's thought process is on this. They're the ones that are still – I mean, we heard from one of the players today on SportsCenter. I forget what his name is, but he's talking about, hey, I want to give everything I have right now to Jamar. That's where I wake up thinking about that. I'm in the facility – and we're going to start to think about football, but still, anytime there's a little downtime, we're thinking about our teammate, we're thinking about our brother, we're thinking about our friend. It's just tough to see me. It's just tough to see them flipping the switch back to let's let's give this our all again after that. Yeah, I think even the Bengals too. I mean, yeah. you got to think about T. Higgins that was yeah. involved in that hit. I mean, tough, obviously, it's not his fault. You know, he shouldn't feel blame at all for what he did it was a normal football play yeah but human, human nature he probably is beating himself up right now and you know that's unfortunate because he shouldn't but that's just the nature of being a, a human and having compassion I mean you saw him after the game that has showed a picture of him with his mom he looked devastated so you know uh I don't forget about T Higgins too man because uh yeah that's tough for his mental health as well man so yeah a couple more people who know way more than me as far as information around the National Football League. Jeremy Fowler tweeting, the sense I get asking around is that Bills would be surprised if the Bengals game resumes at all. There's just no clean way to do it. And Buffalo's focus is solely on DeMar Hamlin right now. Albert Breer, who does great work for NFL Network, says if the game is ruled a no contest, the Bengals will win the AFC North and lock in the three seed and the Chiefs would be positioned as the one seed headed into Saturday, obviously not the way you want to get the one seed. And there's just been a lot of discussion on social media about what the Chiefs should do in this situation and whatnot, man. But it, 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 it looks like headed into Saturday, the Chiefs have a position or have a situation where they can they can be the AFC's top seed headed into the playoff picture. L let's talk. Let's let's just jump right into our game recap. Is that cool? Chiefs recap. Uh, a lot of stuff there. Feels weird talking football, but let's let's just do it, Mark. It's the Chiefs defeating the Broncos 27-24 uh, from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Great weather there. I mean, it was it was good to be back in in Arrowhead and see the Chiefs win. Mahomes goes 29 of 42, 328 passing yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. I would consider this an above-average game for Russell Wilson, considering what some of the things that he's shown us this year. Uh, another solid performance against Kansas City. He goes 26 for 38 for 222 passing, a touchdown and a pick. Get this, Patrick Mahomes 
remains still unblemished against the Denver Broncos in his career. He's a perfect 11 and 0 against the division rival and Kansas City has won 15 straight against Denver after the win. What's your very general reactions to to Kansas City winning their fourth in a row? Uh first of all, I feel like this game was it's only 3 days ago. I feel like it was forever ago now. <sighs> yeah. Right? I can't believe this game was only 3 days was played 3 days ago. It's crazy. Um but yeah, man, you know, the game kind of went as I thought it was going. You know, these games are always weird with the Broncos, man. Um, I thought they were going to pull away at one point, though. They got up by 10, and the Broncos kept fighting back. Obviously, you had another special teams blunders in this game. Uh, that's the main thing that stuck out to me. You know, you had a, a botch snap with a missed kick. Uh, obviously, Tony muffed the, the punt return. Just the same story with these special teams, man. It's really mind-boggling how this continues to happen. You think after a while, okay, they're going to have a clean week eventually, right? Nah, but, you can stop waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. I just don't get it. That was my biggest takeaway, man, these special teams. I just really hope it doesn't cost the Chiefs their season in the playoffs because it's really worrisome. And I know we haven't got to the injury report yet, but now you got Harrison Buckner with back spasms. That is a major concern. So that's my biggest takeaway. Special teams once again. Yeah, if you're holding your breath, waiting for the Chiefs special teams to have a clean game, you're black and blue in the face right about now. Because for the, seems like the third or fourth pod in a row, I've wrote state of special teams down on our rundown. As you mentioned, the muffed hold on the extra point, which led to 6 nothing to start the game off. And then the 51-yard attempt before halftime, I know a lot of people were kind of confused about this. There was kind of an interaction between Butker and Townsend kind of trying to talking through things. But ultimately, a Broncos defender was credited with a block on that, on that kick. Whether you want to say it was a bad blocking from Kansas City, the trajectory of the kick was off because I know there was a lot of screenshots of where he was marking. and where I mean, like, it, it, folks have turned into full-fledged special teams investigators on the timeline because Kansas City can't get right, legitimately. And I don't think Dave Tobe told Kadarius Tony to fumble the ball on, on the muff return, but I think it's kind of one of those situations, Mark, where you know, you're know you so undisciplined in special teams and you're so young on special teams and you're so used to something going wrong or, or, or you're, it's been so long since you've had a clean situation. It's almost like Chiefs are like, all right, so let's just – what's going to happen this time, right? Like – what are the situations that are that, that the special team is going to put us in this game? It, this is who they are. We said this two pods ago, I felt like, maybe even last week. It's going to re-retear in the playoffs. And we have to start having very serious conversations about the future of uh, Dave Tobe at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, it's just been too long. It's, it's week 17. It's week 18. People were talking about them getting on the same page. This is This is the page. And Nate Taylor came on Sunday sound off and had this discussion and said, if I'm Dave Tobe, I'm coaching my ass off for these next three or four weeks, because that's all I have. Uh, everything. The, the book is stacked against you as far as sample size and data. The data has shown us that this is this this is who this unit is and will continue to be in uh, a, a better team in the playoffs. Mark is going to take advantage. I think we're at the point now where. For let's start with punt returning first. Okay, so there was a couple of games where we saw Justin Watson back there. He never returned the ball, but he just fair caught it, and he looked very secure in doing that. I think you're at the point now where you don't have to cheat extra yardage. You have freaking Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Just get a guy back there that's going to be like, you know what? I know I'm not the greatest athlete, Justin Watson. I'm not the fastest guy, Justin Watson. I'm not taking it to the house, Justin Watson. But you know what I can do? I can catch this ball and fair catch it. Put him back there. I don't need a guy back there that's going to think, oh, I can take it to the house. Because you're the Chiefs. You're the best offense in the league. Not like, it's not like you're the, you're the Broncos where you need the cheat yardage. You don't have to. I just but need you not to fumble. Just don't fumble the ball. So I'm at the point now where you put Jay Watt back there, fair catch it every time. I don't care. I don't care. My biggest concern is Harrison Bucker right now, though. Now he has back spasms? That is not good for a kicker. You need your back <laughs> to kick the football. I think it's a pretty important thing. Um, so 
we'll see this week. He probably is not going to play the way it's looking like. So you probably got to bring in an emergency kicker. Go down that road again. This team needs to buy, man. This team needs to buy back. Because are we at the point now where you're in the playoffs? Let's say fourth and two, and it's a 50-yarder. You just go for it, right? Absolutely. You go for it every time now, right? It's been that way for a couple weeks with me and Kansas City's kicking operation. I mean, if 15 has dialed in, I mean, he finishes off Houston the last 20 in a row with a completion. If he's in that zone, I'm not I'm not taking him off the field and and risking that my, you know, my guard can't get down and, and block the guy in front of him and the kick gets blocked. I mean, it's just, there's just too many question marks, Mark. And, and like, but what's the you, line, though? Like, okay, let's say it's a 35-yarder. Do you kick that one or you still go for it? Time and place. I, I I think that is even more telling than, I mean, like the fact that you have to have a designation of, well, it's, if it's a 39-yarder, yes, but if it's a 40-yarder, like, I mean, this guy was a pro bowler. All, I mean, this is a guy that you that you have invested in and, and called a captain of your special teams unit in, in the past. And now we're having serious question marks about not only his coach, but his performance as well with that cap number. I, I want to kind of move from special teams to just kind of the offense in general because they were kind of sluggish at times too, Mark. That third quarter reared its ugly head again. Casey only runs for 46 total yards on the day, but in that third quarter, especially sluggish, Mahomes starts 0 for 5 after halftime, and Kansas City goes 3 and out on three consecutive drives. Uh, another sluggish third quarter, especially considering how they ended uh, the second quarter with that missed field goal. Are you worried that, you know, those third quarters are are, are going to come back to haunt Casey? I'm not too concerned. I mean, they did have three straight three and outs. They refused to run the ball. <laughs> like, I think I don't they get that at all. I don't get that. Like, it made no sense at all to me. Like, make life easier for your quarterback, man. Run the ball, set up some play action. I mean, when he's under center and the play action is working, it's pretty much unstoppable. I don't get that. But, I mean, I'm not too concerned because even despite not running the ball, a couple of those drives stalled out because of drops. Uh, I know Sky Moore, Sky Moore had a drop. That NVS play, he was underthrown, but he still could have carried for the ball. Him and Mahomes still haven't figured that out yet. They still are missing. He missed them on the – that would have been a touchdown the other one where Mahomes yeah. just overthrew him. Those were Mahomes' misses. He he kind of said in the post game that he that he missed he missed on those two to to MVS. Yeah, because he if he would if on the the one where he had to come back for the ball, he if he would have let him, that would have been a touchdown as well. So yeah, they still had kind of a little off on their chemistry. That's concerning this late in the year, man. So hopefully they can clean that up. But you know, I do think with McCole Harmon being active, I know we're going to get to that too, though. But as far as the offense, I think that adds another element. That they've been missing, obviously, the jet sweeps and those, especially those third and short situations. I, I think that would um, give them a more advantageous ability to move the ball down the field more often than not with him in the in the, in the offense. Obviously, Sky Moore is a little concerning with the hand thing, so hopefully that's not a big major thing. But with McCole Harmon back, I do feel a lot better about the offense and their dynamic ability and being more versatile. Hell, I'm just asking for them to be more consistent. We know they can be versatile. We know they can be dynamic. I just want them to be more consistent. If Mahomes, I mean, I know Mahomes' numbers look good at the end of the day, but those two, three key misses, when you can't get the momentum rolling, when you need a first down, sometimes that first, first down is the hardest one. When you're sputtering after halftime, uh, consistency is what I was asking players for in the locker room, and they said it kind of all starts in practice. Thank goodness for Jarek McKinnon, though, Mark. His fifth straight game with the receiving touchdown leads all running backs in the National Football League with eight receiving touchdowns on the season and has eight total touchdowns over the last five games for Kansas City. Uh, leadership ability in the locker room, but then just going out there and doing it, man. Uh, I, I'm happy to see Jarek doing it. He ended the year last year, and Andy Reid kind of talked about this post game. Ended the year very strongly, was a guy Kansas City could depend on, not only in the the pass-catching game, but in the running game as well. And hopefully they'll listen to episode 39, Mark, because when he runs the ball and sets the tone for this offense, they are more consistent. Yeah, 100%. I think there's no coincidence that during this five-game stretch where he's getting all these receiving touchdowns in the red zone, 
it also is during the same period of time when Travis Kelsey hasn't been in the end zone. And nobody's really talking about that. Kelsey hasn't been in the end zone in, in a month. <laughs> like, and he was on pace for damn near 20 touchdowns at one point. He hasn't reached the end zone in a month. So that tells me that teams are making sure we're taking away Kelsey. You're not going to get it. You're not getting the end zone. <laughs> and in a result, McKinnon's been open out the backfield. So I, I think those two correlate. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was a um, and and Jarek is one of these guys that I mean you could call him a journeyman or, or or whatever. But I remember talking with him after one of the games exclusively on your home, the Chiefs KSHB forty one company man, and he told me that he kind of just prepares every game as if he's the starter, right? I mean, that's the only way you hang around in the league at a position like that, anyway. Running backs turnover, it seems like on a five to six year average at this point in time. Um, this guy's into his eighth year, third different team, and it has seemed to become a key part of what they like to do. And uh, and and it seems like preparedness is a big reason why uh, you got to give him credit for, for for being ready when his number is called. And, you know, in training camp and kind of the pre episodes leading up to this season, we talked about each guy was going to have their opportunity to shine uh, when Jarek McKinnon got the ball and has continued to get the ball. He's taking advantage. Let's uh, let's do our game preview. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Regular season finale. Time flies when you're having fun, man. It's crazy. I feel like we just we we were just talking about. Oh, now the games are for real. We're here. We we did it. We made it through preseason. And in the blink of an eye, it's week 18. It's Chiefs versus Raiders. Chiefs are 13 and three entering this matchup, facing off against the six and 10 Raiders who have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And our starting backup quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, 330 kick from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada on Saturday. It's the first game of the NFL's week 18 slate. Andy Reid in his career is 17 and five against the Raiders and Kansas City is on a four game winning streak. I mentioned Jarrett Stidham, who's been starting, and we'll start this game for Derek Carr, who was benched. Stidham looked good, Mark. 365, three touchdowns, two picks, a 108 passer rating in his first career start. Um, So I'll I'll start there with you. Are you concerned that Kansas City could be caught flat-footed with Jarrett Stidham leading the the red-hot Vegas offense? Uh, I am a little concerned. You know, I mean, how can you not be? And not only did he do that in his first career start, he did it against the number one defense in the league. That's the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> That's not just no normal defense. So uh, it's very impressive. Uh, I will say, though, you know, there's no film on the guy. So uh, I think the Niners may have been a little sleepwalking hands to that game a little bit. 
it was in Vegas on New Year's Day. You know, maybe guys snuck out the hotel the night before, had a couple drinks. And, no, so, you're not suggesting that, would you? No. I mean, New Year's Eve in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's a, that's a bad setup right there. That's a bad setup. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. But, no, seriously, I mean, the guy played well. Devontae Adams. I mean, you saw that catch he made? Special. Oh, my gosh. He is special, man. He is special. Darren Waller's back, looking like the same old Darren Waller. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is having a career year. They have weapons. We always knew that. You know, but, you know, Stidham kind of brings a little spark to the team now. I think Derek Carr, maybe the message there was a little old, a little tired. They needed somebody in there with some motivation that's fighting for his career, right? First career start. You're trying to really make an impression on teams out there that may be looking at a quarterback potentially for the future. Who knows? He's still young. So, you know, he's going to be fighting. You know, that's one thing about it. You know, it's a team that's not playing for anything in particular, but guys are playing for that next check. You know, guys are playing for something more than just the Raiders winning the game, you know, so that can ultimately lead to them winning the game because they're playing for themselves, you know, so it, that's it's a scary proposition, you know, it's playing the spoiler, it's a rivalry game, it's in Vegas, you know, it's a lot riding in this game for the Raiders, more than you think, but I do think the Chiefs will win ultimately, I, I just think offensively, the Raiders secondary, it's really bad. I think the Packer Mahomes is going to be able to pick them apart. And don't forget this, too. One thing people aren't talking about, and it's kind of out of reach a little bit, but we've seen him do it before. He's done it five times in his career. Did you know that Mahomes needs 430 passing yards to become the all-time passing yards leader in a single season, passing Peyton Manning? He needs 430. Record, huh? You want that record. I'm just saying. And he's thrown over 435 times in his career. And one of those times was against the Raiders back when they were in Oakland. I'm just saying, there may be a little gamesmanship there. We already know Andy Reid doesn't like to run the ball anyway. So do you think if, <laughs> let's say, let's say by the third quarter, he's hovering around 300. You don't think they're going to like, hey, let's just kind of go for that record. You think that might be, who knows? So I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, this one is, is one that I, I specifically worry about because of kind of the short week nature of it. I, I, like you find out when you're playing, you know, like on the Monday or the Sunday night, and then you have until the Saturday to get going. Obviously guys, emotions are all over the place this time. Divisional game. Um, you know, Kansas city's got plenty left to play for I, I know it's the circumstances are not ideal and nobody would have had it this way including I think the Kansas City Chiefs but when you consider that the one seat is up for grabs um I, I think they come they come ready um to play Let, let's talk injury report a little bit Sky Moore as you mentioned <clears throat> with the hand Andy Reid said it was split open and he had to get stitches down the middle DNP on Tuesday, limited on Wednesday. That 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 Thursday practice will tell us a lot about Sky Moore. Um, Legarius Sneed returns to practice in a limited uh, limited capacity on Wednesday. NFL Network says he has a hip pointer that was bothering him. I think he suffered that on that interception uh, against the Broncos. You mentioned Harrison Bucker. He's a DNP on Wednesday after not even being on the injury report with those back spasms. That worries me. Um, Joe Tooney limited. Uh, dealing with the ankle injury. I also wonder if that's maybe why they they stop running the ball. Uh, maybe Tooney comes out and and they worry <clears throat> about some of the run fits and the and the run schemes and the, and and they don't feel as confident calling some of those those run plays. Injury report. Yeah, I, I, talk about your guy seventeen because 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 he was activated today and I think I think he plays a big role in this offense and I know y'all go way back. Uh, I think he plays in this game in a limited role. I think okay. they want to knock off some rust. He hasn't played in over a month, so I don't think you want his first game back being a playoff game. So I think you get him in there, limited snaps, maybe like 15 to 20 snaps, nothing crazy. A couple of jet sweets, maybe a couple of targets, just to get his feet wet, get hit a couple of times, get that feeling again. Yeah, uh, so I think that'd be good for him. Especially, I don't. I'm kind of skeptical on Sky Moore playing this week. So uh, you don't want to have to be down him and then not have McCall as well, especially yeah. in a game like you mentioned, not under the circumstances that you would like, but you still are playing for the one seed. So that still is a big thing. And we got these injuries 
that are kind of knickknacking or hanging around. You want to have that extra buy if you can. So you want to make sure you can get this win and see what happens after that, what the NFL does. But yeah, I do think he plays in the limited role and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, I think McColl is extremely important to what they want to do. I, w- I was just kind of, you hear the word setback, especially in, in the way that it was trending before we heard he had the setback and, they wait until a couple minutes before the deadline to activate him. I, I temper expectations on what he can bring to the offense until we see it. And that's kind of what you said. I mean, just throw him out there. This is a game that means something, obviously, but he doesn't have to give it 110% and can just ease back in. Um, but, yeah, extremely important to what they like to do, the jet sweep game, um, kind of giving defenses a different look. And, and maybe that breaks – maybe that's just what you need to break Kelsey's little little – touchdown streak or whatever touchdown drought um a different guy a different look um something somebody who's familiar with the offense that can give you a little bit something different i just wanted to talk about kansas cities before we go down to vegas because it was definitely a bloody a bloody week for you last week i I don't want to bring it up but uh let's talk about kansas city's divisional dominance really quickly because i think and i and i'm pretty sure i did my fact checking on this correctly kansas city can sweep the afc west with a win um saturday in arrowhead or excuse me saturday at allegiant and the stat here is from the kansas city chiefs media guy since 2015 the chiefs 41 and 6 against the afc west i mean hashtag don't take it for granted mark gunnels a 6 and 0 season against the afc west this year after all the offseason talk we had about about patrick mahomes potentially taking a step back and the offense no longer having um Tyreek Hill that conjoined with all the moves that were made in the division to try to catch up and close the gap between Kansas City not only do they win the division for a seventh straight season but Mark they have a potential to go unbeaten in that division with a win on Saturday yeah I don't think nobody predicted this before the year considering all the hype the AFC West had I think personally I did I said four and two yeah. I said split with the Chargers, and I think I said a split with the Broncos, I believe. So yeah, man, I'm definitely uh surprised. And that's fair. They could have lo- they that could have happened this year, legitimately. Well, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are the two, that was yeah. very cl- that was very close to happening. <laughs> and even the first Raiders game came out to the yeah, wire too. Legitimately. Yeah. So I mean, you know, these games, a couple plays here and there, things change. But uh the, the Chiefs, I think the difference is and what we kind of said before the year. The difference between the Chiefs and all the other teams was the continuity at, at quarterback and head coach. Broncos, new head coach. Chargers, Brandon Staley, a lot of question marks. Char- uh, Broncos, first-time head coach, yeah. new quarterback in the system. So, you know, there's a lot of newness with these teams. Obviously, you're bringing in more talent, but they didn't have the continuity, the chemistry. They haven't been through the, the, the wars like the Chiefs have throughout the past four years. And granted, the Chiefs had a lot, of, a lot of turnover as well, but they had the still the mainstays, the main key parts were still there, the quarterback, the coach, the best tight end in the league. So you still have those parts. You're a leader on defense, Chris Jones. So, you know, it's just a testament to consistency, and maybe it's a lesson learned for a lot of media people out there. It's not really about the best talent necessarily. Maybe it's just about having the continuity and chemistry, and the guys that have been there, done that. You know, same old faithful, man. Trust the trustworthy old big red Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that is an uh that is an 87 87% winning percentage for the Chiefs against the AFC West since 2015. That's unreal. That is unreal. <laughs> That's like Madden Dynasty mode settings. Yeah, like that doesn't on, happen in real life. On, on rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go down to Vegas, man. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least first. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. What, man? Why are you, why, why are you smiling like that? That's like a, I'm hiding the pain. You know, like that, you know that meme where the guy's <laughs> like crying underneath the mask with the mask. <laughs> it's fitting that they're playing in Vegas this week, right? After I got beat down by Vegas. You don't want to go back. He said, can I go anywhere else? I think I'm going to have a clean sweep. Oh, yes! yes! I forgot I said that. Oh, you had a clean sweep indeed. I did. I was right. 
sure to thank you for that. <laughs> sure to thank you for I'm that. never saying that ever again. I think I'm going to have a clean sweep. Uh, yes, Mark did have a clean sweep indeed. 0 for 3 in week number 17. <laughs> Here were the picks. Juju, 54 and a half over receiving yards. Juju finished with 21. Very quiet day for him. Isaiah Pacheco was the pick over his rushing yards, 70 and a half, only 31 for him. And really, the attempts weren't there, as we talked about earlier in the show. Finally, Mark tried to get a little fancy here, go first half spread for the Chiefs, and that still missed as well. The kick for Harrison Butker wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, the Chiefs only led by three at halftime. So Mark goes 0 for 3, and his season total now is 20 and 24 headed into week 18. You feeling a clean sweep vibes this week, Mark? I'm not saying that once again, but just for the audience, it's not over after this week. Cuz we're still making plays in the playoffs, right? We're still so, making plays in the, all, all the way through. We're following the Chiefs. As long as the Chiefs go, we're going. So theoretically, I can still get the 500 or above before the season's over with, depending on how far the Chiefs go. I mean, they might play another, what? That will be, what, four games? Theoretically, you could get to 500. Yeah, theoretically. So, all right. (laughs) Here we go. Let's go. Week 18, baby. In Vegas. We're literally in Vegas this week. I have three plays. I'm alluding back to what I was saying earlier about the passing record. I think that's a real thing. I think they know that. I think inside, they kind of low-key want that if this opportunity presents itself. He needs 430. The over right now is only at 314 and a half. So I feel really good about him getting the over there at 314 and a half. I'm taking Mahomes there for the passing yards. I think he gets really close to 400 this game. I think they air it out. The Raiders secondary is awful. We saw what what Brock Purdy did to them. They scored 37 points. On them, right? With Brock Purdy, a quarterback. So give me the over for Patrick Mahomes passing yards at 314 and a half. I'm taking the over here. I just alluded to how he didn't have a touchdown over the last month. They finally put it on the books, though, for Travis Kelsey at 0.5. <laughs> I think he gets in the end zone this week. I think the streak comes to an end. Travis Kelsey gets to the end zone. I think Harmon's going to play, open things up in the red zone. And I think Kelsey finally gets pay dirt this week against the Raiders. And then my last play, I'm doing the total points over. It's at 52 and a half. The Raiders scored 34 on the Niners last week. And we know how good the Chiefs offense is. I see a shootout. I think the Chiefs can get close to 40 in this game. And then at that point, you just need the Raiders to score 14, 17 points. So I feel really good at that number. So those are my three plays. Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards at 314 and a half. Over on Kelsey's touchdowns at 0.5. Just get in there one time. And then the over on the total points at 52 and a half. Those are my three plays this week. <sighs> I ain't got nothing to say. I'm gonna just let I'm gonna just let it marinate. I'm gonna let it hang in the air. Because another 0 for three week. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's cooked. You, you you be done. Yeah, if I go for three again, it's pretty much over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I make gotta, it. Over. I'm just gonna let it play out. Couple chief stats on our way out is George Karloftis heating up at the end of his rookie year. Five, a sack in five of the last six games for Kansas City. Trent McDuffie a coming out party for him in Week 17 as well. Mark had the first career sack, first career forced fumble. And then seven tackles as well. And then you mentioned Kelsey's uh, touchdown streak, but he's been hot on the road for the Chiefs. This season has 50 or more receiving yards in all eight of Kansas City's road games this year. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. We try to do something a little bit different. The voicemails and stuff, it just didn't feel right with all the Hamlin stuff. But I do see a couple comments here we'll read. Jay Cruz says he's praying for three and his family. And, and, and rocks with us we appreciate that so does joel watching on facebook <clears throat> tom hood says chiefs 28 24 i actually tend to to lean that way a little bit more i mean these division games have been close you said shootout but i think kansas city just uh, we gotta believe who they are at this point i mean they keep showing us who they are week after week this to me seems like uh i, I don't know what the spread is but it, that that four five six range 
one score game type of eyes. Chiefs minus nine and a half right now. That seems a little high. I'm, I might even take I might even take Vegas in that situation. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but last time I did that, the Chiefs actually covered. So I, you know, I'm staying away from the spread on the Chiefs. Truth is, and, and we had to take till week 17 to reveal it. Fade Mark. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I've been doing good for the most of this year. I've had a little spell at the end. Now you're going to dance on my grave. That's crazy. But you know what? I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. I still got this game. I still got theoretically three or four more games in the playoffs. Still a lot of football left, baby. Trust the process. <laughs> Next episode is episode 40, man. I, I was doing our show notes, and I'm like, it could it really be 40? And we've done more. We did the spaces and, and some different stuff that didn't necessarily get included in the count. But to be officially 40 episodes in, man, it, it, it's a credit to, to Mark Gunnels' bad picks. It's a credit to my terrible Wi-Fi. And Steve asserted keeping it all together behind the board. <laughs> Appreciate y'all for rocking with us, man. It doesn't seem like it's been 40, though. It's crazy. But yeah, episode 40, we'll we'll recap Raiders Chiefs week 18, and, and then we'll preview the AFC AFC playoff picture. No matter what it looks like, we know Kansas City's gonna be in it, and there's gonna be we'll a game. A more, yeah, we'll have a like, lot more clarity next week for sure. Yeah, a game or two at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm excited for that, man. And uh, and this is where it gets fun. Any 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 last words on the way out? Uh, I just want to reiterate how I want to I'm sending my prayers to yeah. Hamlin and his family. Um, you know, I, there has been good news uh, just come out today. You know, they said he's progressing. He's breathing better. Uh, you know, he's still in critical condition. So I still want to make sure that everybody still is praying as strong as they was two nights ago. Because uh, it's still it's a long road, man. It's going to be a long road. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. So let's continue to keep praying, man. We like to name our episodes after after players, but it only feels right to, to dedicate episode 39, this one right here, to DeMar Hamlin, the entire Bills organization. We're thinking of you and, and, and wishing the best. For Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd, Steven Serta, Coast to Coast is out of here.